0: Man, the last few weeks have been extremely eventful for those big blue chip companies. Google launched the Expeditions virtual reality app, Amazon launched its first big education platform in the form of a resource sharing website, and most of these announcements all happened at the ISTE conference that we went to. Oh boy, I needed some sleep after that conference.
1: And with Amazon making its first big education platform debut in years, we end to wonder, how are some of the other big guys, Microsoft, Apple, and of course Google, reacting to the news? While well, at ISTE, Mary Jo and former EdSurge podcaster Michael Winters hosted an in-person taping of the EdSurge on Air podcast, with a live audience in all, and two Google leaders. Jonathan Rochelle, and Jamie Cassett.
0: That's right. We also had teachers and a superintendent sitting in our interview chairs later. And over the next few weeks, we'll be bringing you these interviews. But today, we want to focus on Google and bring you Rochelle and Casp's responses to the question, is Google education nervous about Amazon's open content platform?
1: All that and more is coming at you right now. But first, the news. I'm Blake Montgomery.
0: And I'm Mary Jo Matta. Welcome to the EdSurge podcast. Let's get started. The Democratic Party has unveiled a draft plan of its party platform, which calls for free community college, expanding access to income-based repayment programs, and cutting interest rates on student loans.
1: In the wake of forgiving $171 million in student loans, The U.S. Department of Education launched the Federal Student Aid Feedback System, an online platform for students to submit feedback on their experience with federal financial aid programs. Loan recipients can comment on the processes that govern grants, the agencies involved, and their own schools. The department hopes the feedback will help it improve student aid processes and plans to publish a report this fall analyzing comments and usage.
0: The New York Times has unearthed at least 20 plagiarized pages of the Trump Institute handbook. Take note, that's separate from Trump University. The pages were taken from a how-to guide published by Success Magazine in 1995. They were also used to instruct attendees in Donald Trump's own way to attain wealth. Both the Trump spokesman and the editor of the Institute's publication denied having any knowledge of the stolen material.
1: Amazon Inspire is sputtering on the launch pad. Just a day after the e-commerce giant released its marketplace for free educational resources, teachers were filing complaints for copyright infringement. The company has removed three copyrighted files after requests from teachers, but two of the files were present in the screenshots sent to news outlets alongside press releases, according to the New York Times. Amazon told the Times that it was looking into the matter, A few educators voiced their feelings in comments on EdSurge, and they were not happy.
0: A new study from the Georgetown Center for Education and the Workforce has found that for the first time, American workers with bachelor's degrees, master's degrees and higher outnumber those with a high school diploma or less—36 versus 34 percent. According to the report, Jobs for those with some post-secondary education are growing far faster in the wake of the Great Recession than jobs that only require a high school diploma.
1: Last week, California Governor Jerry Brown signed the 2016-17 state budget into law, which includes $200 million in a college readiness block grant. School districts, county offices of education, and charter schools will use the funds over the next three years to help students transition to higher education.
0: Governor Brown also signed $5 million into the California state budget for the development of degree programs without textbook costs, also known as Z degrees. With a Z degree program, students can complete an entire degree track without spending a dime on textbooks, which has saved students up to a quarter of college costs at some institutions.
1: For Spanish-speaking families looking to learn more about the cost of college, here's a tool to explore. Announced at the Clinton Global Initiatives Annual Conference in Atlanta in June, College Abaco, the Spanish counterpart of College Abacus, provides users with a way to calculate and compare tuition and financial aid estimates for 5,600 colleges.
0: And now it's time for cachings.
1: <laughs> First, it was a new CEO. Then came an acquisition of a point of sale system for university bookstores. Last week, Blackboard continued to shake things up, announcing a partnership with IBM in which Big Blue will manage Blackboard's 28 global data centers and cloud infrastructure. In other news, Blackboard will acquire Higher One, a payments technology provider for
0: higher education. Another EdTech startup gets gobbled up by a big guy finance and hr in the cloud company workday bought video platform zaption users take note zaption will close its site by september 30th and rebuild on workday learning an lms that's still under development
1: iTalkie, a marketplace for online language lessons has announced a three million dollar series a round from hujiang a chinese e-learning platform founded in 2007 and based in shanghai The company offers one-on-one lessons from professional teachers and native speakers. It plans to use the funding to expand its operations and mobile experience. Okay, so it's time for the main event. So, Jonathan Rochelle and Jamie Cassip both have a long history with the Google for Education team. Cassip is a Google Education Evangelist, and Rochelle is a Google Education Product Manager, not to mention a co-founder of Google Drive. Between the two of them, they have more than 20 years of experience with Google.
0: But no matter what years of experience you have, there are always new companies out there popping up to grab up some of your market share or make something better than what you produce. Now, one company in particular, Amazon, isn't new, but it's just now making a big push into the education space. So is the Google for Education team at all nervous?
1: We asked both Kasib and Rochelle about their thoughts, as well as where Google Education plans to grow, and why conferences seem so homogenous.
0: By the way, in each of our interviews, we decided to play a little game. Since EdTech buzzwords drive us absolutely crazy, we had a secret word that the interviewees didn't know about, and if they said it out loud, our audience hit the buzzer. See if you can hear when it gets uttered aloud during the interview. Let's get to it. Okay, so obviously you guys have been in this business for quite a while. Um, Google made a bunch of big announcements this week. So we don't dwell specifically on the announcements. Can one of you, and I'm going to time you, give me a 60-second summation of the announcements that Google made this week? Wait on the count of three.
2: Okay, 60 seconds.
0: And go.
2: 15 seconds each. Uh, Google Cast, that allows students to share things to the screen in the room from their Chromecast. Uh, sorry, from their Chromebook. 60 seconds is hard. Uh, quizzes, we added quiz capabilities so uh, teachers can auto-grade quizzes made in forms. Um, and forms are used extensively by teachers. And that's something that was available in add-ons before, but now it's part of the core product. Uh, so that's quizzes. Uh, Google Expeditions was launched. So you can get Google Expeditions for Android devices now. That's up on the store now. It's got 200 expeditions that you can take your classes on virtual tours. Um, and what was the fourth? Now the pressure's on.
3: So, so the announcement with Best Buy um, selling the, the expedition kits. Yep, 15 seconds. That was the last one. And, thing. and, and uh, Project Block, which is uh, uh, the developer, res- uh, Google Research, doing computer science. Oh and Chrome
2: and apps on Chrome with the creative apps. Oh yeah, apps we actually on, uh, have, uh, yeah. Android, Android apps, apps on, on Chrome, Chrome and creative apps. Uh, eh, you're done.
0: That was pretty fantastic. Can and we give them a little no. round of applause?
2: And I said no. That was no pretty amazing. Yeah. No forbidden words. No forbidden words.
0: And not not a single forbidden word was said. Very nice. Not,
1: yeah. Well done. So we want to want to ask you about um, these announcements and Google more broadly. Um, the the way that Google has made its mark on on education so far has been mostly through workflow. And Expeditions is an is an exception of of providing content rather than helping teachers and, and students with with the workflow piece of school. So um, why? Why workflow rather than content? And is content in the future for for Google education?
2: I mean, I I would say workflow is mainly to save teachers time, and that was really something new with Classroom. So I wouldn't say, like, broadly we handle workflow, but what we were really handling is saving teachers time and engaging students more with their teachers or in engaging lessons and things that are really valuable. So that was definitely the focus of Classroom when we first started. It's the same thing as we're rolling out features. It's basically about giving teachers more time to teach and do things more creatively. Expeditions actually pushed that to the edge and said, how can we do things even more creatively and... Uh, I'll call getting on a bus and going on a field trip workflow uh, for that case and say that we've saved not just time but time and money and get as close as you can to an authentic experience. It's not actually being there, but it's very close to it. At least maybe I can go on 60 or 100 or 200 trips rather than two or one. That's one of the first things that gets canceled in my schools. Um, And I'm on the board of ed Uh, in my district, and, you know, I can understand it. It's one of the first things that you can let go because, A, it costs a lot and it's very hard just, you know, fundamentally, but also the experience, you get about 90 minutes of strong experience for about nine hours of travel. You know, I mean, it just doesn't pay off typically, and you can't go places like underwater. You can't take kids into a shark cage, Uh, but in virtual reality, you can. Um, so it's actually, right, not legally. Yeah, no, um,
0: not legally. Yeah.
2: So, so anyway, I think we're basically trying to improve education in a lot of ways. And one is to save teachers' time. Another is to engage students uh, much more deeply.
3: Well, so I don't know. I, I want to gloss over something like, like the importance of quiz, quizzes in, in Google Forms. I, you know, if you look at the research around how to do assessments and how to do, uh, you know, how to measure students, we, everyone understands that the typical way that we do things around you know, giving kids a big test at the end of the year doesn't work, right? And there's some great research. You know, my friend um, uh, and Murphy-Paul wrote, has been writing some great things around how important quizzes are to retain, retention and remembering things and, and learning things. And, and so I think quizzes is going to be huge for educators because it gives them the opportunity to go in there and do real, real, real good assessments for students as they move through, through content.
0: I don't agree that quizzes hasn't been a huge thing. I mean, I was in the classroom, we did exit tickets every day, Um, but it's hard to ignore the fact that one of the biggest announcements at ISTE seems to be Amazon's Inspire platform. Are all of you familiar with the Amazon Inspire platform? Big search platform for open content from social studies to English language arts to science. does that make you guys nervous at no, all for I'll, Google? I'll,
2: yeah, that's a really important question. Actually, nothing in this space makes us nervous. I, I want to be really nothing clear at about all. That. Not even sharks. Sharks make me very nervous. <laughs> I was going to say, was that a secret word? Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, it's not really for us uh, a competition. We're not in this for financials. So, uh, l- more power to anything that's going to tr- transform. No, I thought that was one of the words. Transform education and not just get people on technology, but actually change the experience. And I think um, Inspire is a very specific attempt to address something that the Department of Ed in the United States is trying to push forward as well, Mm -hmm. which is open educational resources. And they've been trying this for a while, and one of the best things they've ever done, I give Richard Collada and Joseph South a lot of credit for this, they got commercial partners involved. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey guys, come to the table, we want you all, and we want to see what you can do to help push this forward, because Learning Registry just wasn't going fast enough. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon stepped up and said, well, we're in the business of recommendation and content. We'll provide a platform for people to upload content. Now, that's new, uploading. User-generated content for Amazon is new. Um, But that made us happy, not nervous, because now there's a place that as long as they stay true to the goals of open, and we can search for that material, and we can get it into the workflow, and the same thing any, any of the uh, LMSs out there can get at that content, then I think it's fantastic. And what I do see as a huge challenge is that it doesn't end up where so many of these efforts end up. And we are, frankly, experts in user-generated content. We still don't do it that well when it comes to community and curation, though.
0: Wait, Google doesn't do something well?
2: Imagine that. So we, um, but, but literally, it's really hard because you don't want it to become a dumping ground. And if it's not curated well, people will very quickly learn. It's not a place they're going to find what they want. And um, so, but I see them iterating on it. They're trying really hard to work closely with teachers and that's fantastic. So we support it
1: 100%. So yeah, on, on that theme, where does Google for Education have the most room to grow over the next couple of years?
2: Uh, there's a few things I mean, I would say generally, international is something that is just wide open i mean u s obviously we've done really well, and there's still room there um, but I think most importantly is the idea of integration and being able to serve a purpose across the ecosystem and ecosystem's not a word um, across the ecosystem guess. I know it's a good guess <laughs> that would have been a good word um and I think that's what we're doing. We're trying to make it so that a teacher that finds amazing content or an amazing app or something that engages students or comes up with something innovative has a place to do it efficiently, effectively, you know, make sure the students can use it in a way that doesn't create this friction and you know yet another obstruction of, of great
3: education. I, I want to get the words out of the way. Uh, we're building creative, disruptive technologies that innovate the world. What are these words? But those are all good ideas. We should have done those. So I've been coming to ISTE for, for a very long time. Before it was ISTE, it was called NEC, right, back in the, the good old days. And to, to, I got a chance yesterday to walk up and down all the different aisles of all the great stuff that's being built. And, and it's just tremendous to see the amount of energy that's in education around technology. I, I hope that... What we're moving towards and what I think what Jonathan is saying here is that it's not about technology, it's a, it, that, that we stop talking about ed tech, that we stop talking about this thing of you know, whether it's, it's just education and all the great things that we can do with education and the technologies and enabling and supporting capabilities. So when you think of it from that perspective, the growth is tremendous and all the different things that we can do in that, in that context.
0: Jamie, we're actually kind of getting to the end of this fabulous session. Um, but on the note of, you know, you've been coming to these conferences for a really long time. Um, Michael and I were talking about questions to ask you guys earlier. And we were thinking to ourselves, these conferences do seem to attract sometimes the same people. It seems to be a bit homogenous, whether by race or by profession or by experience. Um, do you think that the people both creating and using the products are playing out in a way that is helping students of all backgrounds and geographic location?
3: So so yeah, I think there is a little bit of like a traveling circus that goes all through the different conferences and we all talk to each other and we're all in each other's heads. But I think there's, there's ways to get out of, outside of that. So we have this great team at Google that 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 interacts with the districts at the local level right so we have uh they're, they're all in a booth so i encourage you guys to come visit the team in a the booth they, they're responsible for regions mm-hmm. and so one of my jobs is, is to come to conferences but also to support them so i go out to districts and i talk to the superintendents and i talk to the administrators and i do full sessions with everyone who works in a district so i think it's important not just to be in these bubbles where you go travel around, but to go out into the community and to be out there with the districts. You know, I've put in 100,000 miles this year already so far, and about 80,000 of those is to go out and support the team that's out uh, in the districts working, you know, doing the real work with the the superintendents and the districts.
0: All right. Well, I think with that, we should go ahead. Say the buzzwords? Uh, Oh, well, okay. So... Maybe I, will, we I will tell you one thing that yeah, I, go th- ahead.
2: We um, we integrate with uh, a lot of products, including student portfolio products.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I cheated. I saw that word.
0: Who was the first one? Who called it out? You work for Google. Okay, there we go. All right, the buzzword was portfolio. Nice work. Oh, you saw it already? You were waiting until the bitter end.
2: until the end. I mean, I Aww. saw it. I wasn't going to cheat in the middle. To be
0: more careful with this Can we give Jonathan a slow clap, please? Yes, slow clap. <laughs> Aw. Awkward. Slow clap. slow clap, slow clap, slow clap. And with that, let's give Jamie and Jonathan one more round of applause. Thank you, Thank you so much, guys. Lot. Appreciate it. Thanks to Jonathan Rochelle and Jamie Cassip for taking the time to talk to us. Blake, do you feel it all threatened by Google or Amazon? Kind
1: of. It's like watching two giants fighting each other, and I have to dodge the boulders that are falling as they, like, destroy mountains.
0: And every once in a while, you can maybe lob an Ed Surge article at them like an arrow.
1: Yeah. So one last thing, though. Thank you to all the listeners who have taken our podcast survey. For those who haven't, you can still get in on the action. Go to bit.ly slash Ed on air. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Ed on air. Like the name of the show. With that, I'm Blake Montgomery.
0: And I'm Mary Jomata. Until next time. This is the Ed Surge Podcast.